Well, hey, Soul City Church, welcome from wherever you may be at, literally all over the world. And here in Chicago, we are so thrilled that you would carve out this time to be with us right now. My name is Jarrett Stevens. My wife, Jeannie, and I pastor Soul City Church here in the heart of Chicago. And we are so excited to kick off what has become an annual tradition for us of our Voices teaching series, where we ask people that we love and respect and admire to speak into our church, to allow uh, them to be sort of a mouthpiece for God to us. And I could not be more excited. I've been excited all week as I've been preparing for and thinking about this conversation that we get to have today with one of our heroes and someone that Jean and I uh, look up to and admire so much. Uh, we have the privilege of being in conversation uh, to kick off this Voices series with uh, Vicar, the Grand Vicar, Nikki Gumbel is here with us. Uh, Nikki actually is the vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton in London, one of the largest Church of England churches in all the UK. He is the pioneer of Alpha, which has taken over our church, taken over our lives, which we love and are so grateful for. And it's affected thousands of churches all over the world and helped thousands and thousands of people come to find a real and authentic and transforming relationship with Jesus. And I know many of you who are gathering with us this weekend have experienced Alpha either through our church or through another church. He's the author of several books. He's also the creator of and the narrator of the Bible in one year. He has a little help from time to time with that. But perhaps his greatest accomplishment of all is marrying the incomparable Pippa who we love very much. And together they uh, have three adult children and multiple grandchildren. And this is an incredible honor for us today to welcome. So from your couch or your kitchen or wherever you're at, give a standing ovation for our friend, Nikki Gumbel. Nikki, we are so honored to have you with us here this weekend. Wow, Jared, that's that's quite an introduction. I must I must model how you do those introductions. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, you're quite a guy. You're quite a guy. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is a, a big deal for us. Uh, Gene and I came over uh, over the last couple of years to HTB to Holy Trinity Brompton and got to meet you and your team, and have uh, been able to, by God's grace, bring our whole staff over last year to be with you all and. Um, what we are just, in fact, and this side note, we had the privilege of taking our family on vacation on holiday last summer. We had the privilege of going to London and the flat that we booked, we booked within walking distance to HTB yeah. because we just wanted to be near you. And we got there only to find out that the whole church was away at a retreat. So that was poor planning <laughs> on our part. So, but we still got to go to HTB and be in presence with you. Um, Nikki, thank you for making yourself available to our church this weekend. Can you tell us a little bit of your story for folks who may not know you or who may not be familiar with you? A little bit of your story. You had a, not, not a straight path to get to where you are and what you're doing today, uh, much like all of our stories. So tell us a little bit about your story of, of faith and coming to HTB and Alpha. Kind of give us a snapshot. My, my father was... Jewish. So neither of my parents were, were churchgoers. My father was a secular Jew. Uh, um, my mother was not a churchgoer. So I didn't have a church-going upbringing. Uh, in my first year at university, I was at Cambridge University. And mm. my first year at university, my closest friends, Nikki and Scylla Lee, mm -hmm. as they are now, they weren't married then, but they were uh, 
They were boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm -hmm. They t told me that they had become Christians. Mm -hmm. And I was so shocked by this that I decided I needed to help them and investigate. <laughs> and it so happened that I had this, this old Bible from, I don't know where it had come from quite, but I had it on my bookshelf. And I decided I'd read it to just to mm -hmm. find out a bit more about what they were doing. And I started reading the New Testament, and I read all the way through the New mm. Testament. And as I did so, it was as if the person that I was reading about emerged mm. from the pages. Mm. And I encountered Jesus, mm. and that totally changed my life. Mm. And from that moment onwards, I wanted other people to have the same experience that I'd had, because I knew the difference between being an atheist that I'd been and being a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, I came that you might have life mm -hmm. and have it in all its fullness. And once I'd experienced life in all its fullness, I wanted all my friends, everyone I met, to encounter Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wasn't very sort of tactful in the way I went about it. I had tried everything. You know, I tried surveys on the street that started first question, what did you have for breakfast? Last question, would you like to ask Jesus into your life? <laughs> and none of it was very effective. Shocking. So uh, I... I did what I had to do, which was to study law, because all my family are lawyers. My father was a, a lawyer. My mother was a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. Two of my children qualified as lawyers. My grandparents are all lawyers. My uncle was a lawyer. If we'd had a cat, it would have been a lawyer. We were just, <laughs> law was in the blood. So I did 10 years of law in the end. Uh, but all the time, what I really wanted to do was, when, when I was doing my spare time, was telling people about Jesus. So eventually, um, I uh, I won't bore you with all the details, but I, I ended up training in Oxford. Mm. I did a theological degree in Oxford University, mm. and then I came to HDB as an assistant pastor. I was assistant pastor for 19 years, and then I became the pastor 15 years ago. So I, I've been there. Uh, well, I've been involved at, at the church since 1976, but I've wow. been um, uh, on the staff for 34 years. Wow. Um, and during that time, I was asked to take on Alpha and um, Alpha kind of, I, I, the only thing I really did was to turn it from a course that was primarily for new Christians into a course for people who were exploring faith. Hmm. And then it's just grown and we've had the huge privilege. I'm in my 90th Alpha small group now in a row. And uh, tonight uh, we will be um, uh, hosting, or well, we'll be helping on that. That is incredible. And that's one of the things I love about you is that in all your years of giving literally global leadership to this alpha movement that you all have held with very, uh, with, very much with open hands, you have continued to show up as a helper. You don't lead, you don't get up front, you just show up and help and assist. And this is your 90th alpha in a row. You've traveled all over the world and make it back just to be an alpha uh, when you do it at HTB. That is, it, that is inspiring. And I know for... For us, our, we have our mutual friends here at Soul City Church, Mark and Jenny Emery, who were a part of some of those early days oh, of yes. Alpha. That's right. And, and with, and with uh, Nikki and Scylla as well. And tell, for those who don't know, you know, Alpha, like you said, started as a course to help people who are new to faith grow in their faith. But then you sort of expanded it with others, many others in leadership to be a place for people, a safe place for people to ask big spiritual questions. Can you... For those who may not know or have not gone through Alpha before at our church or another church, what's kind of the heartbeat or the, the mission? Why does Alpha exist around the world? Well, Alpha is a low-key 
fun, non-confrontational way to explore the biggest questions you will ever ask. Like, why are you here? What's the point of life? What's the purpose in my life? How can I make the most of the rest of my life? And to explore it with other people who are outside of the church. It's aimed at people who don't normally go to church or people who wouldn't call themselves Christians or people who are new to faith. And uh, it's a fun way to explore it. And normally people would come for a meal, they'd hear a talk, they'd have coffee, and they'd go into small groups. Right now, <laughs> it's gone online. It's a different, and that's, yes. that, that has been an extraordinary um, uh, experience. I have been, I'm, I'm old enough now to have been proved wrong many, many times in my life. I was going to ask about this because there was some there was some concern when all of this came down with the pandemic. I know because Jeannie, my wife, serves on the, the pastoral board for Alpha. Will this work? Because this the, this idea of Alpha is so much about presence. It's about sharing a meal, sitting at yeah. a table. And there was concern. Will this act, can Alpha actually work online? But what are you learning about what, what has happened with Alpha since every one of us has had to figure out new realities? Well, uh, as I say, I've been proved wrong many, many times, and this is one of the many occasions I've been proved wrong because I never thought Alpha would work online. Yeah. But I think it works as well, if not better, yeah. online. Yeah. So, you know, COVID-19 is a horrible disease. Yes. But, uh, but God can take horrible things and use them for good. The yes. supreme example of that is the cross. God took yes. the most horrible event in the history of the world, the crucifixion of the Son of God, and used it for good. Yeah. And God is able to use this horrible pandemic for good. And I think he is using it in many ways. One of the ways he's used it is to get the world's attention. Yes. Tim Keller said that after 9-11, his congregation doubled in yeah. size in New yeah. York. But that was local to New York. Yeah. As a result of this pandemic, God has got people's attention all over the world. Yeah. And there's a huge hunger and interest in faith. Yeah. And what we're seeing is, uh, so our, our course would normally have a, a 500 people in the summer, uh, but right now we have 1,900 people um, exploring faith in our church at HTB on, online. And uh, we're in our 90th small group in a row, the first one that we've done online. Mm. And it is extraordinary. There are there are 16 people in it. There's we're the helpers, two helpers, Pippa and I are helpers. There are two hosts. And then there's another helper who was an atheist three months ago. He was in our last group. He became a Christian on the last group and has come to help on this group. And 11 guests. Of those 11 guests, all but one said they would not be doing it were it not for COVID-19. They wow. say the result of that has made them think more deeply about yes. the big questions. Yep. It's given them more time. And the and. They've said the fact that it's online has made they could do it. So there's the average age of people on Alpha. I think a bit like your church, the average yeah. age is 27. Yeah. Uh, 75 percent of the guests are aged between 18 and 35. Yep. So there's a young mother with a two-year-old and a three-month-old. She said, "I simply couldn't do it if it yeah. wasn't online." Yeah. So we've had a higher retention rate than we've ever had. Hmm. We've had everyone coming on the weekend, a greater openness hmm. than we've ever seen in in a normal Alpha small group. Hmm. A great connection because people can see each other's names on Zoom and they can use their name. And people feel safer. Yeah. No traveling. Starts yeah. at 7.30, finishes at 9. Yeah. Um, people are relaxed in their own home. Yeah. All they have to do if they want yeah. to leave is press leave at the side. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so there's no pressure. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's been amazing. And what was most amazing was the weekend. Yeah. Because I really didn't think the weekend would work 
online. You know, the weekend we normally have. It's a retreat. Yep, yeah, it's a retreat to go away yeah. for people to experience. Friday night yep. to Sunday. Yep. You know, how can you do a Friday night till Sunday lunchtime? And that, we've always had that's the time we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Yeah. And um, so we did it in two and a half hours on a Saturday morning because the Malaysians uh, Alpha had been already given us a model. So from 10 till 12.30, we did Who is the Holy Spirit? Then we went into small groups, discussed the gifts of the Spirit. Then we had How Can I Be Filled with the Holy Spirit? And then we prayed that prayer, Come Holy Spirit. And we had words of knowledge coming up on the screen. Uh, and we had an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ. And then as we went into our breakout group, so so 16, well, one person has dropped out. So that takes us down to 15. One person didn't do that weekend, but she's able to do another weekend because we're starting two new courses every week. So we've had 100% turnout. But so with the ones that were there, we went into three breakout groups. There were four people in our breakout group and none of them had been Christians at the start. We asked each one, did you pray that prayer inviting Jesus in? All four said yes. Wow. Would you like to be prayed for to be filled with the Spirit? All four said yes. Wow. The Holy Spirit, there were tears, all of them had tears pouring down wow. their, their faces. And then we went back into the group and everyone had had the same experience. When the course ended, my phone was buzzing with all the other small groups had the same experience. Wow. What we learned is this. The Holy Spirit is not confused by Zoom. No, no. And Jesus, you know, three times in the Gospels, he healed people at a distance. Yes. And right. the Holy Spirit comes when we invite him. And the testimonies of those people in the group is extraordinary. One of them was one young man suffering from chronic anxiety. And he was literally spontaneously healed by God as the Holy Spirit came on. Another one, you know, for the first time in my life, I feel like I am myself. Wow. That, another, I mean, this story after story of totally transformed lives in that moment. That's incredible. And you know what people say is, if I'd been in church or there'd been music or there'd been other people around, I would have put it down to that. Yeah. But because I was just sitting in my home, yeah. Yeah. I knew it was God. Wow. This is an extraordinary thing that is yeah. happening. I believe this is the greatest evangelistic opportunity of our lifetime. Mm. This is a moment. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, there's, I don't know whether you know this book, Jared. Uh, I have it on my desk, The Rise of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's written, written by Rodney Stark, a professor of yep. sociology and comparative it. religion. Yep. Do you know it? Yes. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's how the obscure marginal Jesus movement became the dominant religious force in the Western yep. world in a few centuries. Yep. Chapter four, epidemics. It was in the epidemics of 165 AD and 261 AD that the church exploded into growth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, mm. that's why I've said to our church, this is not a moment to, for the church to retreat. This is a no. moment for the kingdom of God to advance. I love it. This is a huge, huge opportunity. The it. reason the church grew, exploded in those pandemics, was because the pagans ran away. Yeah. But the Christians Stayed. ran towards yeah. the need. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I'm sure you're doing the same. Yep. That's why what we do, we have this initiative called Love Your Neighbor, which is now started at HCB. It's now running all over the country. But it's, it's to feed the hungry, yes. provide hot meals yep. for the doctors and nurses, yep. to get medicines to people who, who need it, to, to reach the isolated. And so there's a physical hunger, yeah. which we, we, the church has to run towards yes. that, that actual need. Yes. But there's also a spiritual, spiritual hunger. hunger. Yes. And it's not one or the other. We don't just go for, right. the, for, yeah. the, for the physical hunger and we yep. don't just go for the spiritual yep. hunger. Yep. But we run towards the need. And the yep. need is a, 
is both physical and spiritual. Yeah. But this is the greatest evangelistic opportunity, I believe, that certainly that we've seen in our lifetime. I agree, Nikki. I, and, and we've seen that at our church as well. We've seen um, the, the, there's this, the, the seemingly small and simple call to love our neighbor, to serve those yeah. in our city and in our neighborhood, those who are frontline healthcare workers, those who are marginalized families and who are in need. And while we're trying to be faithful to our local expression of the church to meet the needs here that we can, we're seeing folks from all over the world find us and find what God's doing here. And, and we are having the same experience here and we want to be faithful to this moment, not fearful of this moment. And I, I wonder, you said it a second ago, you talked about the the physical need and the spiritual need. So much of Alpha is about helping everyday ordinary folks sort of tap into those big questions they've been asking for a long time. I wonder if you could articulate in all your years of having these conversations in the 90 times you've been a table helper in Alpha and all the work that you've seen God do through Alpha around the world, what is it that people, what is it that people are searching for? What is it that they're hungry for? What is it that they are longing for all of us at a kind of core level? What would you say that? Because I know there are folks watching right now who have, for whatever reason, found us. And this may be the first time they've been to church in a long time or ever. What is that thing inside of us? What are we searching for that is true to just about everyone in the human race? I think everyone is searching for meaning and purpose. The question, why am I here, is a massive question for this generation yeah. and everyone. So three things I would say people are searching for. They're searching for purpose. Mm -hmm. What is the ultimate purpose of my life? Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that one day, any, anyone who thinks for a moment knows they're going to die. Right. Uh, uh, you and can try and question, deny it, but it's true. Yeah. What, what purpose does my life have be, beyond this life? Yeah. What is its meaning? What is its yeah. ultimate purpose? Yeah. Second need that everyone has is for love. Everyone is looking for love. Yes. They may be looking in the wrong direction, mm -hmm. but they want to know that they're loved. Yes. Third need that everyone has is for community. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, why, what attracts people to Alpha? That the talks are all about the ultimate purpose of life. I mean, it, it, we call Alpha an opportunity to explore the meaning of life, opportunity mm -hmm. to explore the purpose of life, mm -hmm. because they're looking for that. Mm -hmm. What happens when they experience the Holy Spirit? They experience God's love. Across hmm. everyone, how do we know that we're loved? We know it first of all because of the cross. Hmm. St. Paul wrote, the Son of God loved me hmm. and gave himself for me. Hmm. We know that every human being is loved by God because Jesus died for you. Hmm. If you'd been the only person in the world, so Jesus good. would have died yeah. for you. Yeah. That's how we know but then we experience God's love through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, Romans 5, verse 5. Mm -hmm. So as people come on the weekend or on that Saturday, why was it such a life-changing moment? Because they experienced the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, community. What, what, why, do, why is everyone in, in our small group so excited? Why do they want the course to go on longer? We're going to do an extra three sessions because we only did two of the sessions of the weekend uh, on the Saturday. Tonight and the ne next three weeks, we'll do the, we'll do the three sessions that they missed. Uh, we asked last week, do you want to carry on? Everyone said yes. Mm -hmm. Why? They've made friends. Yep. Yep. They've made yep. friends yep. in the group. Yep. 
yeah. in spite of it being on Zoom, they love each other. They're yeah. praying for one another. Yeah. They're excited to see each yeah. other. And what they didn't realize at the start was they were going to experience church yeah. because church is family, it's friends, yeah. it's community. And that's what they've experienced, a foretaste yeah. of church. Yeah. So all those three things are what people find on Alpha. They find yeah. purpose, they find love, and they find community. Yeah, that's powerful. And I think that is true. I mean, where, wherever, whatever sort of faith background or lack thereof that people have, it's hard to argue with those things. That that is a core longing in each of us. And one of the things that I, I love that Alpha does is it connects those, those core longings and those core desires that all of us share to the presence and the reality of the Holy Spirit. That there, there is this dynamic active force that God is moving through the Holy Spirit, drawing us to him, drawing us to God in ways that we may not ever recognize and would only be able to see in the rearview mirror. Like, oh, that's why I took that job or that's why I ended up in that city or that's why I bumped into that old friend. You know, when you bump it into Nikki and Scylla, that was the Holy Spirit bringing you into that moment so that he could draw, God could draw you to himself. And one of the things that I love about HTB and Alpha is that the, you, you make, uh, you encourage, I should say, our experience with the Holy Spirit to be essential. You know, for a lot of folks who grew up maybe around faith and for a lot of folks in our church, they, they most likely if they grew up around faith, there was not a lot of exposure or experience with the Holy Spirit. Or if there was, it was maybe uh, a little confusing. You know, it was maybe it's like, okay, well, those people kind of seem to have the Holy Spirit, but the rest of us, you know, it's almost like the, the Holy Spirit is the, a, a forgotten God. You know, it's like, we just, we don't recognize that, but you've made it so central and so essential. And I don't know if it's because of, you know, your British demeanor, but it, it's so sensible. It's not, you know, that I don't know how else to say it. It's this responsible reality of, the Holy Spirit. And I remember the first hour I was in HTB, we were in the middle of a big meeting with a bunch of leaders from all over the country. And one of your pastors at HTB just pointed me out in the front row and I was trying hard to stay awake, fighting jet lag and, and just said, I feel the Holy Spirit has something for you. And, and, and just spoke a passage over me that they, had, they could have had no idea on their own how much I needed to hear that word in that moment. And it was, to me, it was just an opening of, I want to build my life around the reality and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Why do you believe that's so essential, especially for people who are exploring faith to have an experience of the Holy Spirit over the course of Alpha? Well, you know, every year we celebrate three great festivals, Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. Mm -hmm. So Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to this earth. Easter, we celebrate the fact that he died and was raised to life. Pentecost, we celebrate the fact that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given to everyone. Mm. Jesus, you know, Jesus, I, I talked about this um, last couple of Sundays ago in our chat. Jesus, Jesus at home. Mm. Jesus is operating from home now. Mm. When Jesus was ascended, he ascended to the Father, mm -hmm. and he said, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. Mm. That's where he's operating from right now, mm. from his home in heaven. Mm. And he says, it, it's to your advantage that, that I, I go, go. away, mm -hmm. because if I go away, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Yeah. While he was on earth, he could only be in one place at one time. Right. But right now, he can be 
in Soul City Church in Chicago yes, and yes. at HDB. He can be yes. in your home, yes. in your studio, yes. and in my home. Yeah. And that's through the Holy Spirit. Yep. The Holy Spirit lives in your heart. The Holy Spirit lives in my heart. Everyone watching this right now, the Holy Spirit is living within you. You're not alone. If you're at home, you're not alone because mm. the Holy Spirit is in your home and in your heart. Mm. And that is what Pentecost is all about. Now the Holy Spirit is given to all people. Mm. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Mm. Men and women, rich and poor, everyone will receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. This is an ex exciting time to be alive. Mm. Any day post-Pentecost is yes. an exciting day to be alive. Yes. And I think that's important and huge to understand is that, you know, I grew up in a context where I didn't have much exposure to the Holy Spirit. And when I would be around folks who did, it was almost sort of like this elite status. You know, you had to sort of be at this level to really receive. And then, and then once you got there, you had to upgrade, you know, you had to go to the next level to receive the next thing. And, and what we see at Pentecost and what we see in, in throughout the rest of the story of the church is that the spirits poured out on all people, men yeah. and women, young and old, have full access to the same spirit uniquely working in their life. And that that is a pretty powerful thing. I don't know why that's so often among religious folks. It is seemingly overlooked or missed, and yet it seems so foundational and formational. And right now, it is very significant. It yes. was on Jew and Gentile. Yeah, yes. Jesus died. Yes. to bring together the whole world. Yes. And that is an absolutely key thing for this moment. Yeah, that is that reconciling work of the Spirit that we're invited into, reconciling us to God and then us to each other. And incredibly important. So let's talk about that for a second, Nikki. We are in a, a very historic time. There's no other way to frame it. This, there, there, there will be books written about the last six months on yeah. several fronts. Yeah. Um, the the world has been brought to a halt through the yeah. global pandemic of COVID-19 that w very few times in history, very few, has everyone experienced something at the same time, something this significant at the same time where it's getting all of our attention. It's, it's causing us to have to change habits and patterns and policies and all sorts of things, right? That's happening. And then on top of that, uniquely here in America, we are living through a moment of racial reckoning where we're having to face 400 years of uh, systemic oppression, abuse, neglect of people of color, specifically of, of black men and women. And, it, it, you know, on top of already having to deal and, and face a, a virus of this COVID-19, we are having to now deal with this virus that has been in the bloodstream for many years. And it's gone beyond our country. There have been racial reckonings, reckonings all around the world. This is something that I know you as a vicar, or as we'd call it over here, a pastor. But as a vicar, you have a word on this for us. But also personally, as you mentioned from your own story, you have a word for this. Can you just, Nikki, the mic is yours. Can you speak into our church, to the church, in this specific moment of sort of racial reckoning and waking up to realities that we thought we could ignore and that we no longer can? Well, I think you're right. The world is shaking from yeah. COVID-19, but now it's shaking from the, the brutal murder. And no. I don't think there's any other word no. that you can use. I don't, no. I, 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 
uh, of George Floyd. Yes. Uh, to have someone having a, a knee on a neck for eight minutes and yeah. 46 seconds yeah. is almost unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's, I think what it is revealed is the, uh, it, it's a, a unleashed what was already there and, yeah. and, and often unspoken, but it's yes. given people permission to speak in a way that, that they should, is right about yeah, what right. has been happening underneath in right. our society. Right. And not just in America, it's happening in the UK as well. I spoke, you, you say you came around to our church last year and we were all away on church ho uh, holiday. Mm -hmm. I was speaking on this very subject mm. of racism. Mm. And I feel very, very strongly about it because racism is an affront to the gospel. Yes. God loves everyone. Yes. And uh, Jesus died for every human being. Yes. And racism is is a horrific sin. Yes. Uh, and um, so I, I feel very strongly about it, really, for, for three reasons. Number one, my own family mm. have been subject to racism. Mm. So when I was 14, my mother took me for a walk mm. and she said, your father is German and Jewish and you're never to speak to him about, about it. Mm. And I never did. I couldn't mm. have a conversation. But after he died... My uh, a museum sent me my family tree, and I keep it in my desk. This is this is my family tree, mm. um, and uh, mm. this is me. This is my father. I, I, have, I often joke about this because, but this is my my grandfather. My great grandfather was called Isaac, mm. and my great great grandfather was Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 the Abraham. Yeah, right. You don't go back I'm not that, that far. Old. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but but these ones surrounded in pink all died in concentration camps. Wow. And so wow. this one is Siegfried, for example. Yeah. He died in Dachau in 1942. Yeah. But I know a bit about him. I've seen his picture because yeah. there's a plaque to him in Germany yeah. and the street named after him wow. um, And because he was the mayor. Mm. Uh, but he was interrogated, he was tortured, and eventually he was taken to Dachau where he was murdered. Mm. But when I look at his picture... He looks like my dad. Mm. So when people say George Floyd mm. is my father, mm. he's my brother, mm. he's my son, mm. I know exactly what they mean. I will never fully understand what it means to be discriminated as a black person because I'm not. I will try and understand it better. Mm. I will try and educate myself mm. better about it. But I do know what they're saying because I feel that deeply. Mm. And I know how her, you know, T.D. Jakes gave a talk in which he said, that the Holocaust victims, their grandchildren, are brains are affected by the Holocaust. Mm. And I know that, that my relationship with my father was affected by the Holocaust. My relationship with my children is affected by the Holocaust. Mm. These, slavery didn't end yes. in the UK right. in, in, in 1833 or in the US yes. in, in 1865. The, the, the impact continues for generations. Yeah, for generations. So that's the first reason. I, yeah. Second reason I feel strongly is that my son is married to someone who's Indian. My daughter is married to someone who's half Punjabi. So five out of our soon to be nine grandchildren will be mixed race. And all of our grandchildren have Jewish blood in them. Hmm. So, and I love diversity. Hmm. I, they, the, that, that has brought so much to our family. Hmm. And that's the third reason that I love it, is because diversity is so beautiful. Yes. It's how God intended yeah. this world to be. Yes. It's wonderful that you have a very diverse church. I know that, and that is beautiful. Yeah. I look out at our congregation, which is 40 
1% diverse. London is 40.2% diverse. Mm. And it is so beautiful. Mm. And this is the gospel, that mm. the word together could summarize the whole New Testament. Mm. Jesus died to bring us together. Mm. Ephesians 2, Paul says, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility right. yeah. between Jew and Gentile, yeah. between black and white. Yeah. He brought us together. We are yeah. sharers together. Together we make up the body of Christ. We are inheritors together of the mm. kingdom of God. And together, Paul talks about the manifold wisdom of God, the, the multicolored, the, the varied wisdom of God. Mm. And that word, as you'll know, is the same the, the, in the Septuagint translation of the Old Testament. It's the same word as is used for Joseph's coat of many, many colors. colors yeah. So the manifold wisdom of God is this beautiful diversity. Mm. And, and it's what will be in heaven. Yeah, that's uh, right. In Revelation 7, verse 9, it says that in heaven, there'll be every tribe, every race will be there. So that in heaven, di diversity is not eliminated, it's celebrated. Yes. And therefore, if we want mm. the church on earth to, to be like the church in heaven, mm. we have to have this beautiful diversity. Mm. And so this is, this is something, you know, I, I, I hope and I pray that, that this, this horrific uh, incident mm -hmm. uh, that happened in Minnesota, will, George Floyd's death will not just be remembered as a brutal murder, mm. Of, 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 a, of a black man mm. by a white person, mm. but it will be the catalyst yes. for change yes. and the catalyst for the end of racism yes. and discrimination in our society yes. and the birth of, of equality and freedom and yes. diversity and the beauty of, of, of that. And the, the, and the church should be taking a lead on this. Absolutely. We should be we should be the ones who are at the forefront of this. Yes. Uh, and and uh, you know, I, I I've said to our church, look, I, I'm sorry I have not done more. I'm so yeah. glad that that I spoke about it last year at Focus. I'm so glad that my daughter and I have done this podcast on faith and equality. But we have got so much further to go yes. to make our church truly, our church leadership truly representative yes. of our congregation. Yes. And I, I'm deeply repentant about that. But right now, we are acting so fast to make sure that we accelerate. COVID-19 has accelerated the change to digital. Yes. Uh, so we've done in, in three months what would have well, taken us five years. Year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to take this opportunity. We had a five-year plan mm -hmm. about bringing diversity into our leadership. And we, we were a year into that. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm saying we can do in five, we can do in three months what we plan to take five years, mm -hmm. and we can be much more radical because now everybody gets it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it it's, this is like a, an awakening that has yes. taken place, yes. and this is an amazing opportunity. Yes. This is an amazing opportunity, and it, it this is this is the gospel. Yes. You know, this because a lack of diversity is it, it is is a hindrance to the gospel. Yes. So. This is not, shall we preach the gospel or shall we deal with this? No, no this, this is, is preaching the gospel. That's right. We cannot preach the gospel unless we are, are, are representative. We are the kind of church that God intends us to be, a united, diverse, beautiful representation of Jesus. Yes. This is the body of Jesus that yes. we're supposed to be. Yes. And uh, Jesus' body is beautiful because yes. it's diverse. diverse. Yes. Okay, so right now I'm just telling you, Nikki, in the comment sections, there's a bunch of amens and, and praise hands going up because you just you just said it and, and we could not agree more that this is not an opportunity for the church to shy away. And I, I've been 
not surprised but saddened by the number of emails and messages I've gotten from folks, and no surprise, all of them white, just asking us to move on from talking about this. Can we just talk about something else, or why do we have to keep talking about this? And I understand it, and I get that, but th- it is critical, and we are in a moment right now, and it's a sh- yeah. shame on me, shame on us that it took so long or that it took the death of someone like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or, uh, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey. We could go on and on and on. Um, but, but nevertheless, this is a moment for us to say, wait a second, have we fallen asleep at the wheel of reflecting yeah. the kingdom of God? Have we missed a, a moment for us to offer a glimpse of the kingdom of God? And if we yeah. shy away and back down, we are missing a moment to live out the whole gospel in our day. And so you, you got all the amens and all the, the praise hands in our comments, and we are right there with you. And we're following your, your lead as well as the lead of many, many others. So Nikki, I, I, I could keep going and going and going and going. We love you. We love Pippa. We love HTB. We love your staff. They've been so kind and so generous to us. We love Alpha, and we love that we get to play a small part in it here in our church and that Jeannie gets to help sit on the pastoral board, that we just are beyond grateful. Our love and respect and admiration for you um, knows no bounds. So thank you so much for taking this time to speak into our church. Thank you for taking this time in, in tangible and intangible ways to invest into Jeannie and I and to our team. And um, thank you for your example of faithfulness. 90 alpha groups in all these years of, of pastoring and leading and casting a global vision, but living it out in your neighborhood, in your city. And it's affecting us all the way here over the pond in Chicago. So Nikki, we would be honored if you would pray for us as we move into a time of worship and as we center our hearts on this, this Jesus, this gospel that is for all people, we just, we would love and be honored to, to have you pray for us. So I just would love to give you the opportunity to do just that. I'd love to pray for you at this, uh, that prayer, come Holy Spirit. Yes. yes. Uh, Lord, that's our prayer. Yep. Right at the, this moment, in this prophetic moment in history. Yes. yes. Our prayer is that you will send your ho- Holy Spirit. Yes. On Jared and Jeannie, their family. Mm and on the whole congregation. If, you're, if you are listening right now, I would encourage you to just open your hands as a way of saying to God, yes. Lord, yes. I'm open. I want to receive. Yes. And I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come and fill you right now mm. where you are. Mm. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit come. Now just receive. Some of you may never have experienced God's love for you deep in your heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit is Mm. doing right now. Mm. He's filling you Mm. with the knowledge that you are loved. Mm. Now allow the Holy Spirit to reveal his love for you. I think some of you it's never, the penny is not really dropped that the Son of God loved you and gave himself for you. It's as personal as that. That's how much Jesus loves you. Now receive, know that love. Knowing that you're loved is the most life-transforming experience that you can have. 
some of you, I think you're, you're thinking right now, you don't know, my life's a complete mess. My life's a mess too, but God still loves me. You know, uh, my, my grandchildren, when they come here, they make such a mess of our house. But I don't love them any less for that. I love them because I love them. And God is saying to you, I, I know there are things that are a bit of a mess, but I love you because I love you. And I want you to know, just like I want my grandchildren to know how much I love them. I want my children to know how much. God wants you to know how much he loves you. With all our messes and faults and all the rest of us, he loves you. And he wants to bring also to you today peace. I think some of you right now, you're, you're, you're suffering from maybe quite bad anxiety. Maybe someone right now, you're, you're really struggling with sleep. You've got insomnia. And Jesus is saying to you, peace. Peace I bring to you. My peace I leave with you. Now let us receive his peace. Let his peace fill your heart. And I want to pray that um, blessing on you today. I'm sure you've been praying it as a church, but I want to pray this, this for each of you. In your home, where you are, wherever you're, you're gathering, the Lord wants to bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance and upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen.